The Christian life is so much more than just what we hear from speakers on pulpits and platforms. It really involves our everyday lives. And so at our Fall Discipleship Conference, we put together six different workshops to help equip students with practical skills to walk more closely with God and better glorify Him. In this talk, Ian shows us how to practice abiding with Jesus and getting to know Him better. Welcome to FDC. Uh, I'm for uh, Lord, thank you so much for who you are. God, thank you that we can, we can know you and that we can walk with you um, and that you are with us and that you love us and care for us. Um, God, I pray that you would be present here with us today. I pray that you would be guiding um, my words and our discussion and our thoughts. Lord, if there are things you desire to convict us about, please convict us if there are areas you would like for us to be changed and transformed, please um, change our perspectives um, and let our minds and hearts be open to those changes. Um, again, I pray that this would draw us closer to you, that we could walk away from here some solid um, applications and ways to adjust our lives to more than people. So, can we thank you? You're great. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sweet, roll on in. You're good. His long walk, I feel. Um, we can start off by getting these handouts out. Um, and handouts are more of like a reference. Um, I just kind of put down all the verses we're going to talk about, and so it's less of a like, oh, follow through, and I mean, you can take notes on it if you want, but uh, it's a little tight. Also, uh, Jonathan's recording this. Hope that's all good with you. Um, there will be some questions and things, so. Of course, maybe on there. Um, so this one just has, uh, there's the back, sorry. Oh, sweet. Um, the other verses we're talking about. Can I just that? So, um, but, so You know, it was like, I just had this like weight on me for years and the gospel became clear, became clear to me that there's a God who's all powerful, who loves me, who cares for me. He's forgiven my sin. I'm set free and there's no longer a weight on me. And it just was the best. You know, like it was so different and so exciting. And I remember as some older guys started mentoring me, I started to get in the word. Everything was so exciting. That is to me. You know, like everything was new and fresh, and I felt like every day I was learning something um, that's transformative. Um, but I, I noticed over the years, as you know, eventually I read the Bible cover to cover, and you know, I started to read it, and now it's the second time, now it's the third time, and stuff became a little less new, a little less exciting. You know, the 
the feeling of this weight lifting off of me, I kind of got used to it, you know? It was like, um, and I noticed that I started to have seasons where there was less excitement, less um, maybe like emotion that aligned to the truth that I knew. Um, and so today what I wanted to talk about with you guys, um, whether you're thinking about Christianity, kind of considering it, um, whether you're just starting off and get your nug out or you've been walking for a while, um, I want to give you guys some tools and techniques for how to get to know God. Um, and for those of you who may have heard some of these tools before, some of these techniques before, I hope to give you guys a refreshed perspective on how to go about doing those and how knowing God and having a relationship with him can be exciting and vibrant and, uh, and joyful. Um, so yeah, to give a brief kind of outline, um, we're going to talk about a couple of perspectives at the beginning. We're going to talk about some qualities of God. Um, and then we're going to look at two techniques to know him um, and how to go about doing those in a manner that I think is um, refreshing and will encourage relationship. Um, so with that, I want to ask you guys a question. What is the difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone. I think direct contact differentiates the Yes. That's good. And what's like knowing about them is like facts and then knowing them is like enjoying them or talk with them if you've never talked with someone um, I'm not necessarily because there's exceptions but it's yeah. hard to know something you know yeah um, I know some people that have gone through and have done the tools that I'm going to tell you guys um, but I'm not sure that they know God I think they know about God. Um, and I think that you guys hit the nail on the head with some of your observations. Um, I think some of the big differences is that knowing someone really comes in the context of a relationship um, and a friendship. And it can be hard to think like, oh my gosh, you know, God, I can't see God. Like, he, like where is he? He's invisible. Like, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. Like, how do I hang out with him? Um, and so for us to get some refreshed perspective on that, I wanted to look at what are our friendships, like are we human to human friendships, like, um, so if you guys to pause for a second and think about who's a really close friend of yours, or if you have a best friend, who's your best friend, um, what, uh, how did that friendship develop? Um, I guess by asking them more questions, like to get to know them, other than just uh, like 
rather than just like taking facts from someone else's perspective of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, ask some questions. That's great. Thanks. I think like share experiences together, things that you do talk about. Yeah. And talking about your experiences together, doing things like experiences together. Um, yeah. A very basic level, just spending time with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spending time. That's huge. My deepest friendships have more vulnerability. More yeah. openness. Mm -hmm. Openness and vulnerability. That's huge. Yeah. I think for me, some of my close friendships. Um, I feel like going through rough times together, like doing something really difficult together. Um, so let's say you now you know, you've developed this friendship and you're out today. What are some qualities of that friendship that make it different than the rest of your friendships? Um, with vulnerability comes with trust, so you can go to them for the hard things. Yeah, trust them. I know that they're willing to sacrifice to spend some time with me when I need it. Yeah, they sacrifice for you. You sacrifice for them. Yeah. And like any advice that's been given is like coming from pure intention rather than malice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you trust their intentions. Um, definitely honesty. Yeah, you ask them. Yeah. I think these are all really good examples, and I think these are things that can be emulated in our relationship with God. Uh, and I've sort of boiled it down to, to four that we're going to look at today. Um, the first is a desire to spend time with God. Um, and I hope with your friends, like, you both desire to hang out, you desire to do things together to be a part of your lives. And that's important in our walk with God. Um, the second is, has to do with time. You know, a lot of you guys talked about spending time together, going through uh, experiences, hard experiences, just time. Um, the second one is gonna be uh, frequent, focused, quality time over time. You know, weekends like this weekend are great. You spend a ton of time with God, and it's awesome, and we get all pumped, excited, you know, get back to campus, change the world, you know, um, and that's good. But small amounts of time over time add up to a lot. And the frequency in our time is gonna have a big impact on our thoughts and how we go about our day-to-day -day life. Um, and so if there's, uh, kind of wherever you're at, I feel like that's one of the biggest things I want you guys to think about is frequency, focused, quality time over time. Um, the third one is going to be openness and honesty. Um, it's like kind of easy to, to want to just show God this like, you know, picture of us that we like a lot and think is cool and the one that we like post on social media and stuff. Um, but God like wants everything. Like he wants the thing you're ashamed of, he wants the mess. Um, and I, I think that really rolls into our fourth quality, which is going to be um, trusting him and his values. Um, yeah, I know it's in my deepest friendships with people. Like I have, friend, I have plenty of friendships with people that don't share my values, but my deepest friendships are with those that have the same values as me because we can relate on ways that you can't relate as much. Um, 
And so when we give God the mess, when we show him what we aren't proud of, what we're ashamed of, that allows him to transform that. That allows his values to come in and clear up the mess and start to transform us into really who he has made us to be and wants us to be. Um, So those are kind of the four areas we're going to look at, and we're going to look at how those work and um, getting access in two kind of tools. Um, But before that, I wanted to talk about knowing or uh, desiring God for a little bit. Um, Because I think desiring God... It, it sort of happens naturally as you get to know him more because you start to realize, like, dang, this dude's all, like, God is awesome. He's so cool. And the more I know him, the more I want to know him because he's so great. But if we're starting from, um, again, I don't know where everyone's at. If any of us are kind of starting from square one, it's like, okay, well, I don't, you know, I don't know a whole lot, so why should I want to be with him? Um, so with that for a little bit to start us off with. Um, did anyone last night go out and look at the stars? Yeah. How how was it? It's great. It was beautiful. It's cool. It's cool. It's a couple a couple more than at campus, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you go on campus like, oh, there's Fortnite speed. Oh wait, that look two of those were clients. Um, <laughs> um, you know, God tells us in his word that he has made creation with his glory in mind, so that we can see it and know how glorious and big he is. Um how many stars do you guys think are in our galaxy, just the Milky Way? How much stronger majors? I'm going to guess like 100 billion. Wow. Basically nailed it. NASA has estimated, this is, okay, it's a big estimate, but when you think about like what dude's going to go and count all these, NASA estimates between 100 and 400 billion stars in our galaxy alone. The, the breadth of the Milky Way is about 100,000, but the diameter is about 100,000 light years. Going one light year by a commercial airplane would take 13 and a half thousand lifetimes. And our galaxy is 100,000 light years wide. That's ridiculous, you know? And God has put that there so that we can look and go, oh my gosh, he's huge. Like, that's incredible, you know? On top of that, there's estimated about 100 billion other galaxies out there past the Milky Way. If you multiply those two things together, average number of stars per galaxy, we're looking at 10 septillion stars, which is a number that is around, I forget the math, I wrote down somewhere. But it's something like 70,000 times the, the number of grains of sand on the Earth, which is pretty nuts. Um, the thing I think that blew my mind the most recently, I got carried away from all this research on stuff. It was pretty fun. Um, how many, okay, any biology majors? Biology related majors? Isaiah? No, no, chemistry. What? I said biology. Your chemistry. Yeah, George? Yeah. How many, how much water do you think it takes to get 10 septillion molecules of water? The number of stars in the sky. Like, wait, what was the question? 10 septillion molecules? Molecules of water. How much, or somebody's not biology, anyone can just shout out a guess. Like a gallon. 
That's much closer than the last session. <laughs> it's, about, it's about 20 drops. Oh. Really? Yeah, about 20 drops of water. I want us to um, take a quick look at the verse in Isaiah um, that I think will help frame kind of how big and how much attention to detail God has. Um, in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 to 14, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hands? Or the breadth of his hands marked off the heavens? It's just like his hand. Who has held the dust in the earth in the basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in the balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Who did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Uh, Range up verse 28. Um, Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary in his understanding. No one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. Dang. How's that make you guys feel? Small. Small. But like in kind of a good way. Yeah. How's it make you feel about God? I guess it's tied back to the water thing. Is the idea that we can hold 20 drops of water in our hand like God can hold all the stars in the galaxy in his hands? No, I think it was just like the attention to detail of like everything is this big, but God thinks like about that much and about, you know, the same scale. Like he's just ridiculous. Um, it's like easy in the midst of all the mundane, all the stuff that goes on with life, all the homework, the going to work, the getting stuck in traffic, the driving around, the... Like, everything, that I forget that that's what God's like. That he is huge and powerful and someone who I want to know deeply. Um, I'm going to consider, continue Brian's pattern of alliterations. I'm just going to look at four P's <laughs> to of like reasons that I, I have to remind myself of why I desire a relationship or to just to know him deeper. Um, the first is power, you know, he's so big and huge. I have access to his power um, through relationship with him. You know, Matthew 19 says that with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. If he has something for us to do, if something he wants us to do, he will give us the strength. He will provide the way, the resources, the ability for us to do those things. The second thing is purpose. Um, Psalm 8, 4 says, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? We're so small, like we're so insignificant. Like our significance comes from the fact that God is mindful of us, that he cares about us and he wants to know us. And he has a mission on this earth that we're talking a lot about in the main sessions that he wants to include us in. And he wants to transform us into the people he made us to be for a specific purpose. And that is exciting. Third thing is peace. You know, he has given us strength. First uh, Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. If you feel stressed or anxious or overwhelmed or burdened, 
You are meant to feel that way because you are not supposed to do this life without God. He is here to give you the peace, to give you the strength and the perseverance in the midst of those things because you are meant to do this with him. The third, this one's kind of a stretch. I almost did a different word, pardon. <laughs> it's kind of like grace um, or forgiveness that you, we have forgiveness in Christ. The things we're ashamed of, the things we don't like, that we don't want to tell people, he has forgiven us from those. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. Um, and again, you know, these things are some things that have gotten me reinvigorated and I saw that we get to know him. But I have to remind myself of because there is so many distractions, so much that is, you know, in a sense mundane that can like kill my assignment sometimes, you know? <laughs> um, and so I just want to remind us of those things and hope that can help in your desire to know God. Reminding yourselves of these truths about who God is and how he what he wants for us. Um, so with that, we're going to jump into um, two, two tools. One is sort of around God's word, and the other is around prayer. Um, and there's probably some of you that have seen these before, but I hope that we can talk about them in a different way in the context of the bottom three goals of our friendship. Of how is this frequent-focused quality time uh, how is this um, being open, me being open and honest and how is this me trusting God and knowing and aligning with his values um, I'll start with a bit of a quick metaphorical story um, jump back to session last night sweet, great job speaking great job worship team Isaiah dominating on the drums awesome team okay um, Let's say we just wrap up the session and just like through the doors, we all walked in to get there. Jesus just walks in. Like he just, he, in flesh, he walks in. What, what do you guys do? Do we know it's Jesus? Yeah, he got the beard, the robe, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just light. Give him a hug. Dude, I'd probably like, I'd, I'd like freak out. I don't know what I'd do. I'd just like fall in worship. I'd start crying. No, I would just freeze. Yeah, you'd be like, holy, you know, like, holy. <laughs> um, let's say he walks up on stage, you know, Audrey gives up the mic because that's what you do when you start on stage. Um, and uh, he, um, he goes, hey, you know, thanks for um, doing this. Love what you guys are doing here. Um, tomorrow morning, I want to I wanna hang out with Isaiah. You want to, um, you know, come to the dining hall maybe an hour before breakfast. We're just going to hang out and chat, you know, so it's 7.30. Um, we're going to do that. How do you guys feel about that? What? what would you feel? Did you just yeah, say that to Isaiah? You'd be overwhelmed. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be pretty jealous. I'd be like, for real? Like, there's like a ton of us here. Um, so, you know, next day it rolls around, you're like pretty, like, kind of like, what's going on with Isaiah and God and Jesus? God, I want to see you. You go, you go to the dining hall and you're like, peeking in the window. <laughs> um, and like, Jesus just chilling there and he's by himself. 
you're like, what's going on? You like, 15 minutes go by, you start getting food, everyone's rolling in, you're eating whatever it is for breakfast, tomorrow eggs or something. Um, and like, it's like nine o'clock, like halfway in, Isaiah rolls in, just hair all over the place, you know? Um, not that his hair looks good, that's just a, he slept in. Okay. Um, Isaiah's hair looks fire, yeah. Um, and you're like, you know, Isaiah, what, what happened? He was like, man, I, I was up late last night with the boys. We were playing Catan. It was a good time. <laughs> and, you know, my alarm went off this morning. I was just like, oh, I clicked snooze once. I, I clicked snooze twice. After a while, I was just like, oh, man. And then I realized it was nine. Breakfast was halfway over, and I was going to miss the food if I didn't, if I didn't get up. Um, what would you guys say to that? Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you for real right now, dude? Like, are you serious? Like, like God just, like, he's just walked in and said, I want to spend time with you. And you picked snooze. Um, I want to jump to a couple um, verses real quick. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. And they with me. Second Timothy 316, 17, we talked about the last session. Um, all scriptures God reads useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, God breathes. What does that mean? Like said by God? Said by God. Yeah, it kind of means what it says, you know? Like, this came out of the mouth of God. Like, he is speaking to you. He has told us, you know, I mean, we see in Revelation 3, you know, he is standing at a door, knocking, saying, hello, like, I want to hang out with you. I want to spend time with you. If you, anyone, opens the door, I will spend time with you. I will talk to you. And he has said, here is my word so that you can know me. Um, It's... Again, it's easy for me after, you know, going through a quiet time, however many times, I don't know, for it to become a to-do list. It's a box to check. It's this thing I gotta do for whatever reason. And it's easy for me to get like, hold on, I am talking to the God who measures the heavens with the breath of his hand. The God who came down, took on flesh, lived the life I couldn't live, died for me so that I could know him. So with that, our time with God is going to be really, really important. It's going to be one of the big ways that we have frequent, focused, quality time over time with him. Um, That's the first thing I want us to talk about. Um, We're going to look at, if you look in your handout, there's a little hand. Um, Where's the... Have we got a Bible on them? Oh, wait. I have mine, but I must have put my camera or something. Um, oh. So we're gonna just get that up back on this. The hand, there's five things on there. You got in the pinky, you got listen, and then we have read, study, met, memorize, and meditate. I used to think that this is kind of a weak diagram because I was like, there's just five things and five fingers. Like, what is. That's the thing I like because there's a thing to it. Um, but um, I like to think about it as like we're really trying to hold on and let this be our life, you know. If I'm like just listening to God's word, you know, like 
I'm just using my pinky paw on this thing. Like, I can hardly even like, like I can even sit still and do that, you know? Let's say I'm listening and I'm reading, you know, getting some work on. I can sort of stand still. It takes a little bit of focus. I feel like I wouldn't last more than maybe 15 minutes doing that. Three fingers, you know, I could probably, uh, I could probably hang here for a bit, you know? I'm starting to listen, read, and study, you know? Let's add memorization in there. Okay, I could walk around doing this, you know? I'd be pretty fine. Um, it's a good thing that God's word says that Satan is prowling around just like a roaring lion ready to pounce. The second some distraction comes along, something comes over that's gonna knock this out of my hands, I am not gonna last long. Um, and the last thing that comes into play, our thumb, which is meditation. Um, what do you guys think it means to meditate on God's word? Always reflecting on it. Day and night. Yeah, reflecting on day and night. Sounds like you got Joshua 1 8. <laughs> do you? Sorry, I don't want, don't test me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Joshua 1 8 is uh, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it and be prosperous and find success. When is it not day or night? <laughs> no. God is saying, like, keep my, like, me, like, think about, meditate, abide in my word all the time. Um, that's, like, pretty tough to do. Um, we're going to get more to meditation in a second, because I think that meditation is going to, in some ways, be an overflow of our, of our reading and our, our studying. Um, and so we're going to take a, a quick look at that. Um, and again, I'm not sure where everyone's at, but we're going to look at, within reading and studying, a couple techniques for how to do that. Um, if you're like super new to the Bible, um, a lot of books, it makes sense to start at the beginning. Um, the Bible, if you start at the beginning, it's your first time, and you make it past Leviticus, you get a gold star. Um, so, <laughs> um, I would highly recommend starting in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, it's kind of about first four books of the New Testament, about two-thirds of the way in, because um, this is the life of Jesus, and I think it's going to be where you're going to get to know him quickest and the best, um, and after that, starting to expand to some of the other letters in the New Testament, um, some of the letters that Paul or Peter wrote, which are really helpful, um, as well as the Old Testament is very helpful with the perspective and context of Jesus in mind. Um, and on the back of your worksheet under applications, um, there's a section that says observation questions. These are just a couple of things to help you in your time with God to, um, to understand it, to understand God, and to maybe get more out of it if you're looking for a place to start. Um, the first is kind of looking at the context, you know, what type, like where are they, what's going on? Um, what type of letter or book is it? Is this a letter? Is this a psalm? Is this a prophecy? Is this a record of history? Um, you know, who's the author? Who's the audience? Um, some, like, a picturing the scene, putting yourself in someone's shoes, like, asking the question, how would this person, how would it feel if I was him, you know? Um, uh, or if I was someone else in the story. Um, asking questions of, like, what does this teach me about God? You know, like, what is he like? Um, what is he doing? Why is he doing that? What is his motivation? What does he value? What does he care about? Um, and then, you know, what does this teach me about me? 
What would I think and feel if I were, you know, we talked about that already, person in text, what is true about me? Um, I find that a good place to start to just kind of open up what's going on. Uh, and I, I found myself shocked specifically putting myself in someone else's shoes. Um, like there's times I've read, um, uh, I forget, what psalm, there's a Psalm of David where he talks about, he's like, God, my soul thirsts for you. Um, 49, I think. 49, okay. Um, and when I looked in the context and I was like, yo, he's like literally in the desert starving and like without water. He's like dying and he comes to God and says, God, my soul thirsts for you. Like that's what he's thinking. Asking the question, like, what is he, like, what is David's perspective on God? Like, what does he believe in is true right now? Like, that's wild. Um, and so I found it helpful to put myself in their shoes. Um, uh, SPEC is another acronym. It's kind of below the observations and questions that I've found helpful in my time with God. Um, the first being sin to avoid. You know, like, what does God think is unhealthy, unwise? Um, like what is God's perspective in this area? Like why is that's not good? How can I avoid this? This is part of my life. You know, promise to claim. What does God want for me? Um, what does God want to do through me? How can I claim His promise? And when do I not believe this? I need to remind myself. Hey, God, remind me this is true right now because I don't feel like it. You know, I don't. I don't feel like this is true. Um, example to follow. What are good qualities, actions, or perspectives that uh, people have that you can? follow in your life. Um, how can I apply these ideas to myself? Uh, when do I not follow these examples? Um, command to obey. What does God value? What is important to God? How does this apply to me today? When do I struggle to do this? Um, yeah. And then last being knowledge to transform. Um, sometimes I can think about this as like truth. Like what does God say is true about me? What does God say is true about the world? Um, what is true about God? And, how should that make me think and act differently? Um, so I hope, I hope these are kind of some helpful things as we're reading and studying scripture that like I still use to this day. Like when I study the scripture, right now I have a journal Bible so I can like write in it and stuff. And I have a color for each one of the things in spec and I just underline it. So everywhere I go, I go, man, red, sin to avoid, you know, light blue, promise to claim, green example to follow, purple command to obey. Um, Knowledge to transform, I find a lot of stuff is that, and so that's just like my black notes, um, a regular pen. Um, so yeah, um, I wanna jump back to meditation really quick. Um, because I think there's a reason why in that diagram that meditation is the thumb. You know, that like the thumb kind of makes a, a big, like a huge difference, you know? Like you can't really hold on to it without it, it's also kind of not super good by itself. Like it needs to have, like we need to have the listening, the reading, the studying and memorizing to really meditate well. But as those things come together, we can really experience a, like, I think the thriving, exciting relationship with God and his presence throughout the day. Um, what do you guys think is the, are we sort of talking about this? Um, The definition of to meditate. What do you guys think that is? Yeah. 
Because you can think about meditation in a lot of ways. Like some people think it's like trying to think about nothing, you know, just like clearing your mind. It's not what we're talking about here. Um, doing a straight meditation or meditation? Like this meditation. Like ponder something deeply, focus on it. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, to think about something deeply, to have it take your attention. That you're thinking about it as you're going and doing regular things. You're starting to see how this pours into the different spheres of your life. Um, I think there is a a difference between meditation and prayer, but I do think that. Like, prayer is kind of a form of meditation because we're like giving our focus to God and thinking about things differently. And so I want to look at a model for prayer that has been really helpful for me in the area of building a like a relationship with God. Um, and the, the acronym is just is pray. Um, <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of other good ones. I'm a big fan of Acts as well. I normally talk about Acts. That's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Um, but what I find, find really cool about the triacnum is that the first one is pause. What do you guys think is significant about pausing? It's just time to hear from God and to like have what he's said through his word or through convictions or whatnot to actually sit with us because otherwise if we're just constantly talking and we're in a sort of vending machine relationship. Yeah. That's um you took the words out of my mouth. Um off like our world is really fast paced. You know, like I find myself in a rush, I find myself busy like thinking about a lot. A lot. <laughs> and pausing and just taking a breath and stopping the distractions, stopping my to-do list and our responsibilities and go, hold on, I'm gonna focus on God, really keeps me from praying to God like a betting machine, just going, okay, I got five minutes, how do I get the most out of this five minutes? How do I get the most from him? Um, but yeah, I was never having to pause, take a breath and go, okay, I'm just gonna think about God remind myself some of the truths about him. Maybe it's some of those verses from Isaiah 40. Maybe it's different truths about him from scripture, different verses that you find helpful for um, uh, reminding you of who that is. <clears throat> uh, the next is rejoice. I kind of find this is a natural repercussion of pause. I guess we're reminding ourselves and, you know, focusing on God. Like, we have so much to be thankful for. Like, he has done so much for us. Um, and has given us so many great promises that we really have reason to rejoice always. You know, in First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, I think it's 16 and 17, like, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. I think, uh, is it give thanks continually? Is that what's next? Um, I don't know if this one memorized. Um, but I think there's reason these are all together. Um, yeah, give thanks all circumstances. Um, You know, and after going through those things, I moved to the A, which is to ask, um, asking God for things. Um, and it's in, it's in this area, I think it's also in the rejoice that I want us to look at being open and honest with God. Um, 
When are you guys tempted to not be open honest with God? Then I know I'm very sinful. You're very sinful? I'm very aware of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You say? Yeah, I was gonna say like something similar, just like when I have a good gut feeling that what I would pray about is like not in his plan. You know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that intuition, like that's probably not. Mm. Yeah. What did Adam and Eve do? Oh, sorry, Oh, it was just uh, one thing that comes to mind with this is like, because God already knows like my deepest desires, so I feel like it's more being honest with myself than it is with God. That's huge. That's good as well. That's something that again for me often happens in my when I'm pausing is that there are things I don't think about. There are areas where maybe I'm unintentionally pushing them out, trying to ignore them. If I can pause and clear my head, I can actually think, wait a minute. That thing I said to that person yesterday, why did I do that? Like, that decision I made the other day, what was my, what was my motive behind that? Um, um, but you know, when, when we see Adam and Eve and they sin at the beginning, what's the first thing they do? They hide. What's the first thing God does? I'll see where they are. Awesome who they are. Yeah. Okay, we like in Jeremiah he says that um can a man hide himself in secret places that I cannot find him, declares the Lord, do I not fill heaven and earth? Declares the Lord. Like God knows where they are. You know, like he's God. Like why does he ask them where they are? So then they have the choice to reveal themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the choice. He wants them to come to him. He wants them to step out of the darkness into the light, go, God, here I am. I'm sorry, I have sinned and I have fallen short. Um, it's, not, it's not super easy, um, but I find in our openness and honesty and in response to that, the things that we request, you know, like, if I see that I've fallen short in an area, saying, God, I'm sorry I did this. Would you forgive me this request? Help me to overcome this, another request. Like, would you strengthen me? Would you show me the perspective I need to see? Would you help me understand what truth I don't understand? Would you put your thoughts on my mind throughout the day? Would you help me in those things? You know, I think a lot of the things we should be asking God for are the things we fall short in. Um, and as a repercussion from, you know, from Spec, like the, he has so many promises to claim that are results of those um, that we can use to encourage ourselves, you know? Like if we're feeling like God's not with us, God's not there, like God help me show your presence, we can claim the promise he said, so do not fear, for I am with you, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will thank you and help you, I will uphold you with my right hand. God, you said you'd do that. Please do that. Please help me. Please be with me. Help me remember it. Um, I think this is starting to kind of spill over into the why in pray, which is yield. Um, uh, you got any Midwest drivers in here? <laughs> Isaiah? Yeah? You guys go on the freeway. How do you guys get in the freeway? 
Don't you just go it's for it on the rails? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the difference in California, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you I'm not a California driver, so. Okay, yeah. In California, we merge. <laughs> which is kind of like you just start to go that fast and they kind of get out of your way, you kind of get out of their way and it's kind of this new mutual thing. And unless you yield. <laughs> you say we're more respectful? Like, no, the, the sign on the road is different. Oh. Like it does not merge. Like if you try and do the same thing. By different yeah, they're like flesh Yeah, well to yield, you gotta stop and you wait for an opening and when there's this opening, you go. You don't just go in and kind of whatever happens, happens, you know? <laughs> no, um, and I think yielding is a really important part of prayer that is overlooked because it is sort of our response from our time with God. Like if you look through the different parts of spec, I think they kind of fall into two different categories. Um, the first having to do with, or I guess we'll look at trusting him and then his values, like first in trusting him, like I think that comes straight out of his promises and knowledge to transform. You know, if he says something that is true, like trusting him means to believe that it's true, to act, to make decisions as if it's true and to feel as if it's true. You know, there's people throw around trusting God all the time, watch God, trust God, just gotta do this. And it's kind of this vague thing that no one really knows what it means. But in reality, I think it's like taking his word literally for exactly what it is. You know, like in uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, um, uh, dang, it's like a standard. Like in, no, not that one. That's Romans 12, 1. Great. Philippians 4, 8. Oh, 4, 6, and 7. 4, 6, and 7. Yes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every circumstance, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, he has said, bring everything to me in prayer, and I will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You will have the peace um, that is beyond all understanding. Um, like trusting him is like taking that and believing it. Like there's a peace that comes from that. You know, like there's a peace. I mean, I could, we could look at promises all day things. So it just says like, he hears our prayers. Like that's wild. <laughs> like the God of the universe hears our prayers. Um, and so in going about yielding and going and trusting him and his values, I would like look back to your quiet times, look back to your messages, um, workshops, things, and go, you know, what areas do I need to trust him in and I'm not trusting him in? And how can I experience the peace of those things and praying through those things and yielding to God? Um, the second I would say is, you know, aligning your life to his values. Um, you know, we're going to be a lot closer to God and feel really intimate with him as our values align closer to his. Um, I think that comes from the sin to avoid, examples to follow, and commands to obey. Um, starting to pray through those questions of, um, like maybe he has a command that you're like, God, I don't understand this. Like, why do you tell me to do this, you know? Um, uh, you're like, God, help me understand that. Like, show me the truth. Why is this your command, you know? Maybe there's a sin that you just can't get over, and it's just, you just cannot get over it, you know? Praying, oh my God, give me strength, help me to overcome this. Um, 
you know, maybe it's an example to Paul. Maybe there's someone who you really admire their faith, you know. Um, I've, like, coincidentally studied Daniel three different small groups in the last, like, uh, six months. I've come to, like, love Daniel. Like, he's such a G. He's so cool. Um, he just is so bold in, like, ridiculous circumstances. Like, he's by himself for three years in this foreign country. And then, like, just trust God in ridiculous ways. I'm like, man, if I was separated from my culture, placed in a different place for three years, like, I would just be so discouraged. I, you know, I'm like, God, help me to have the faith that he had. Help me to have the view of this world and the view of you that Daniel has. Um, and so as we build, I think, yeah, looking at this, this is the basically place to start. Um, the last thing I want to talk about before we can have a couple minutes of questions, if you guys have any questions, um, is like when to when to pray. Um, like if you hang around challenged for like a week, you can start hearing about quiet times. Um, <laughs> Uh, which are time alone with God, you know, it's most often it's a time in the morning that we have scheduled, like pre-determined, I'm going to spend time with God, I'm going to get time with his word, I'm going to pray. I think that's an excellent thing to do. Um, times like that, I'm going to put, I'm going to put prayer into three categories that are kind of just ways I've thought about it. This is not the end all be all three categories. So if it doesn't stick with you, like it's okay. Um, but I kind of call that scheduled prayer. Like there are times I put my schedule, like, I'm going to pray for an hour here. I'm going to pray for 15 minutes or 30 minutes here between this. And I predetermine this is unrushed, unfocused time where I pause, you know, think about life, think about his word, rejoice in him, ask for his help in my life, and yield to him. So try to think about what are ways I need to trust you, what are ways I need to align my values with yours. Um, Two others that I think are really, really powerful and sometimes overlooked. Um, this is kind of a common phrase, but it's breath prayers. Um, these are like kind of examples, and we see this in scripture sometimes of just like the one sentence prayer going into a situation. You know, like I am trying to share the gospel with someone, and I'm just like, God, let me see if that works, please. You know, or I'm about to have a difficult conversation with someone. Just go into that, Lord, help me be patient with them. Help me to bear with them. Uh, you know, you're going into a meeting at work or something or for a group meeting. And, um, and that could be, uh, you know, God, help me to focus. Help me to have the right things to share with them um, and for us to work together well. Um, but just in the moment prayers for that. Um, the third, which is kind of a category that has been really helpful for me. It's not... This is not a common phrase. If you say this to somebody, they may be like, what are you talking about? Um, but I think of them as rhythm prayers. What I mean by rhythm prayers is that there are things I know I'm going to do throughout my day, and I'm going to choose to associate prayer with them. So as I do them, I'm just praying throughout the day. You know, I think one of the most common ones is meals. Like, it's common for... Christians to pray before meals. Remember when I first became a Christian, I was like, why? I was kind of like, why do we do this? Like, because I hear people play like, say, Lord bless this food for our bodies. So I'm like, the nutrition that's going to happen 
<laughs> Whether or not we pray that. God set this in motion for that to work. Um, um, but think about it. Like, you probably eat three times a day. Like, that's three times that if you took, and sometimes it's hard in a group, but if you're by yourself at home, like, you could take a solid minute, a solid five minutes, and actually pause. Actually remind yourself of truth. Actually, you know, go through the prayer acronym and realign yourself with him three times a day. Another good one I like is in transit. As I'm like, when I was a student, it was on skateboarding or walking places. Now it's on driving places. Like, you know, you can crank up music, do all that stuff, and there's, that's good, you know. But like, I have like a 20-minute commute where I get to hang out with God with no distractions and meditate on him. And, you know, I do that to work, do that to campus, or if I go home, or then I go home to campus, like, there's, like, two, three, four times I get to that in the day, you know? Um, I mean, I encourage you guys to be creative. There's all sorts of things you could pair this with, you know? Um, uh, brushing your teeth. You do that twice a day. Um, I don't know. I encourage you guys to think about sometimes, you know, there's... I've had seasons in the past where I've like set alarms up throughout the day where it's like, oh, you know what, 10, 12, 2, and 4, like alarm goes off and says, hey, like, think about God, just pray for a second. And, I, and you know, that was kind of hard because I didn't know what happened at that time. You know, like that goes off in the middle of class and I'm like, okay, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like, it, I see it and I'm like, I'm in a conversation. I think I'll go to it later and then, you know, I don't go to it later. Um, so I found it really helpful to associate those prayers with things I know I'm going to do every day. Um, Sometimes for me, it's just when I get home. Like, or when I arrive at a destination. I get to a destination, you know, five minutes early. I just pray for So I guess to, um, to recap, um, it's, it's easy for these things to be boxes to check. And I want to acknowledge that. Like, it's easy for my time with God and his word to just be a thing I do every day and check a box. It's, it's easy for my prayer to be a box check. Um, but I found that focusing on these four areas, like, am I desiring God? And if not, why not? Like, I need to remind myself who he is and, like, why it's a joy to know him. Um, you know, why having access to his power, his purpose, his peace, his pardon is just incredible and reignite my desire for him. Um, I need to have frequent focus quality time over time. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, I don't feel that. Um, but, you know, that's when discipline comes into play. Um, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm so disciplined because I do all these things that I want to do. But you know, I say in reality, discipline is doing something you do not want to do when you know that you should do it. Like that is what makes discipline different from just any other decision. Is you know you should do it, so you do it. You don't want to. Um, but just that consistency over time has a huge difference. And then in my time with him, that is like really trying to meditate on him throughout the day. Like all day trying to meditate on him is being up in the house with him. Like not trying to hide from him. Like he knows anyways and he wants you to grow. And then as you're learning more about him through his word, like looking and thinking throughout your day, how can I trust God here? You know, how can I align my values with his values here? What does he want me to do? Um, I think has been really fruitful. And like when I started to think this way, like I started to see throughout the day, wait, man, I had like so many opportunities today like to serve someone. I had so many opportunities to love someone, like to share the gospel with someone, and my days started to become exciting, so I was like, wow. The closer I am to God, the more I see that he is moving everywhere. Um, and that's really exciting for me. Um, 
So on the back, we got just some applications. We kind of walked through the observations in the spec. I just wanted to have that for you guys to reference because like, there's no way you guys wrote all that stuff down that I was saying. Um, um, and on top of it are just some options. There's, there's a lot of options. I sort of broke them into three categories. The first is looking at um, just finding a reoccurring time to meet with God. I think that's a huge step one, um, is a consistent time with him once a day. Um, the second is some examples for just how to start meditating on God throughout the day, which is so, so important um, and impactful. Um, and the last is, you know, this is not a scripture memory workshop, um, but scripture memory is a great tool as well. And so um, someone's from scripture memory as well. So that's what I got. I think we nailed three minutes over. We started seven minutes late, so... Thank you for joining. Um, if you want to hang around for questions, you can, or if you want to hang out at dinner, I'm super happy to talk more about it. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the USC Christian Challenge podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platforms where you can also leave us a review. We meet in person every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. in TCC 450 on the campus of the University of Southern California. If you're in the area, we would love to see you there. Get involved and find out more about us, upcoming events, and weekly small groups on Instagram at USC Challenge and on our website, uscchristianchallenge.com.